The Sacramento Kings are broken. And De'Aaron Fox coming back from injury might be the extra strength duct tape to try and hold everything together. But if the Sacramento Kings want to be the championship contenders that they claim they are, the wheels can't be falling off, especially offensively as bad as they have over the past couple of games with just one guy out. The Sacramento Kings for the second straight game are beaten down by the Houston Rockets 122 to 97. And we're breaking it down right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code LOCKEDONNBA and get $20 off of your first purchase. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News. In full transparency, I don't want to be recording this podcast. If I'm being honest with you, I've messed up the recording of this podcast like three or four times at this point. I am at a loss for words with what we are seeing from the Sacramento Kings tonight. But being at a loss for words with a job that I have is not good, so I'm going to find somehow 30 minutes of content, uh, and we're going to just discuss what in the world is happening with the Sacramento Kings right now. Because that contender's word that I'm using and that I used in the introduction, that's not just something that I'm pulling out of thin air. That's not something that I'm creating and, and, and placing upon the shoulders of the Sacramento Kings like, you are contenders this year. You have to be contenders this year. No, I came into this season saying, I didn't think the Kings were there yet. We wanted to see the Kings continue to build to that point, right? And we're hoping that the Kings would be in that, okay, now they're serious championship contenders next season. But that contender term, that comes from head coach Mike Brown. That comes from De'Aaron Fox, who said during media day, who said repeatedly over the course of preseason and training camp that they believe they can contend for a championship right now, this season. Now, every single team in the league, of course, makes it their goal to win a championship. If, if that's not the goal, what the hell are you playing for? But the Kings actually believe that they're capable of competing for that this season. They sure as hell don't look, la uh, look at, like it right now. I know how important De'Aaron Fox is to the Sacramento Kings. Nobody needs to tell me that. Nobody needs to explain to me that, yeah, there's probably going to be an offensive drop-off when your all-star and 31-point-per-game scorer is out. I know. I get that. But there's a difference between dropping off and freaking plummeting. There's a difference between looking a little banged up and looking like you're trying to figure things out and not knowing what the hell you're doing, period. And that's where the Sacramento Kings offense is at at this point. One guy being out, regardless of how important that guy is, you, I guess you could say two guys out with Trey Lyles too, but one star being out should not turn your team from the best offense in the NBA to an offense that doesn't look like they could score 100 points in the G League. Like the Kings offense is horrendous right now. And yes, the defense is terrible too. We know this. We know the Sacramento Kings defense is bad. We know that the Kings have been trying to improve that defense slightly, and to some extent they have. Over these two games against the Houston Rockets, their defenses looked terrible. It was even worse tonight. It was layup lines for Houston. Sacramento couldn't defend anybody unless they were fouling them. Like, defense is horrible. We know this. But the offense is the strength, the lifeblood, the heartbeat, the bread and butter of what the Sacramento Kings do. It is what got them back to relevancy in the first place. 
It is the foundation of everything they do right, and it is completely gone, or at least has been over these past couple of games. I could throw in the third game against the Golden State Warriors, but one, that's a Warriors team that has held the Sacramento Kings to low-scoring games, even with De'Aaron Fox playing. And two, the Kings played really well at times against the Warriors, took them down to the very limit, and Klay Thompson hit that game winner. Turns out Klay Thompson is the guy that broke the Sacramento Kings, I guess. Let's give him the credit or something. Let's, let's try and find some reasonable uh, reason for why the Kings have completely fallen apart this way. Contenders? Contenders? Let's not even use that word anymore to talk about this team right now, even when De'Aaron Fox comes back, because the reality is the Sacramento Kings starting five that they've rolled out these past three games, all five of those players were on the team last year. All five of those guys are very familiar with each other, or at least should be. Right, I know Davion Mitchell is not used to being the starting point guard and having that floor general responsibility with the starting unit, but he's at least familiar with what that role is, and he's played with these guys before. So someone explain to me why all of them, including the other four of the typical five starters that played together last season more than any other starting lineup in the league, why are they pointing at each other and pointing to different spots on the floor and looking absolutely lost on the offensive end? Let's give some credit to the Houston Rockets and their defense. The Houston Rockets' defense played fantastic over these past couple of days. Credit to Ime Udoka, credit to the Rockets. I completely undersold them coming into uh, this series. I still believe, I still very much believe that the Sacramento Kings bare minimum should have walked out of Houston with at least one win. Instead, they're going back to Sacramento with their tail tucked between their legs, back-to-back -back losses to the Houston Rockets and an 0-3 road trip. And if they play as badly as they're playing right now, they're going to get punked by the Portland Trailblazers, even though that's not a very good team either. They're playing really well right now. They're going to get punked by the Blazers on Wednesday, and a crowd of Sacramento Kings fans will be booing them mercilessly if they continue to play this way on Wednesday night. But the fact that this starting five, who is so familiar with each other, or at least the four of the five that are so familiar with each other, look completely lost, right? It looks like they're, if they're computers, it looks like their hard drives and their memory has been completely wiped. Like everything that they're used to and comfortable doing offensively has just fallen apart. And Mike Brown said during preseason, during training camp, that he wants to make this team uncomfortable. Well, it's freaking worked. Because with the exception of the Utah Jazz game and parts of the Lakers game and, and bits and pieces of the Warriors games, this team looks totally uncomfortable. We posed the question after Saturday, was the, the focus on defense negatively affecting the offense too much to a degree where the Kings should be concerned. Now it's to the point that is the offense so bad without De'Aaron Fox that panic buttons are starting to be pressed. I know we're only six games into the season. And believe it or not, the Sacramento Kings are still off to a better start this year than they were last year. So maybe that makes you feel a little bit better about how much time there still is for the Kings to turn it around. In full transparency, I do believe the Kings will turn things around. But expectations last year at this time were maybe the Kings will be a play-in team. Expectations at this, year, uh, uh, at this time this year are, no, this is an absolute playoff team who might be flirting with contention. And they sure as hell aren't playing like it right now. They aren't even playing like a play-in team right now. They came out, it was almost worse tonight than it was Saturday night, not just because they went down by 40 points at one point, but the Kings came out with significantly better energy on the offensive end and defensive end. To start this game, the Kings starters were much more energized and locked in out of the gate to start this game than they were on Saturday. Like, we could easily just chalk up Saturday's loss to the Kings were not ready to go, and the Rockets came out and punched them in the mouth. 
Well, the Rockets punched the Kings in the mouth again tonight, but the Kings were actually trying this time, at least till the second half. The Kings came out of the halftime break, had a shot clock violation right away, and at that point, I was like, yeah, this team has quit. Like, they've quit. And I don't really necessarily blame them because at that point, a lot of Sacramento Kings viewers had quit. They saw that start of the second half. They're like, nope, click, go into the Monday night football game or going to go watch something else or just forget this night ever happened and move on. Hopefully the Kings can move on. But the offense is completely unrecognizable right now. And that is what has me concerned about this team. There was absolutely zero, zero dribble penetration from this Kings team. Again, credit to the Houston defense. They were active. They were physical. They were doing everything that Mike Brown wants the Sacramento Kings to do. And the Kings weren't doing any of it on the defensive end themselves. But they could not get to the rim, period. Malik Monk, unfortunately, got in foul trouble early on, so he did not get to play very much and, and, and did not get to be the guy. And he's really been the only other guy not named De'Aaron Fox to be able to create consistent dribble penetration. With him going down with foul trouble, Davion Mitchell wasn't doing any of it. And we'll talk about Davion a little bit later on. Demontis Sabonis, for an all-NBA center and the other all-star on this team, he didn't do squat. We'll talk about him a little bit later on, too. Offensively, the Kings completely fell apart to the point where they were just consistently chucking up shots, typically three-pointers, late or at the end of the shot clock. Like, that was their offense tonight. Dribble, 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 nothing there, nothing there. Either turnover or chuck up a three, and hopefully it goes in. 14 of 40. From three-point range. That's 35%. 40 of Sacramento's 81 field goal attempts were from three-point range. I know this team likes to shoot threes. At this point, they are way too over-reliant on the three-ball. They've been way too over-reliant on the three-ball, even with De'Aaron Fox playing and getting dribble penetration. At least most of those threes were open looks. Tonight, the Sacramento Kings had no choice but to hoist up threes because they couldn't get anywhere inside of the paint, period. They ended up finishing with 38 points in the paint. And most of those numbers came in the fourth quarter, which, by the way, the Kings only scored 97 points in this game because of a 37-point fourth quarter, most of which coming from the end of bench guys who got some playing time, like Keon Ellis, for example. We'll talk about him a little bit later on in the show. But that's the only reason why the Kings came remotely close to hitting 100 points. I can't tell you the last time the Kings played back-to-back -back games where they didn't score 100. 22 points in the first quarter, 20 points in the second quarter, 18 points in the third quarter. I think they've had 18 in the third quarter in back-to-back -back games and then 37 points in the fourth quarter to make things a little more reasonable. But don't be fooled by that. The Kings did not look like a 97-point team tonight at any point. Truthfully, they did not at all. And I know, I, again, I know it's only six games into the season. At what point, though, does that become a security blanket? Right? At what point are we just saying, it's early, but it's going to change, right? It has to change. Please, God, change. Like, I know there's still plenty of time left, but... The Kings, I don't want the Kings saying it's only the sixth game of the season. I don't want them saying that. I want them saying we have a problem right now that we need to fix right now. It is broke. We need to fix it. And I hope Mike Brown and his coaching staff are trying to figure that out. I'm going to go through a lot of different players that need to be called out and talked about. Most of them are coming in the second segment, but I have to hit Demontis Sabonis uh, before we take our, our first ad break here. Because Domas, you are an all-star. You are an all-NBA player. I know how important your two-man game is with De'Aaron Fox. I know how much Fox and Sabonis play off of each other, just how much, uh, or like how much so many other players play off of Sabonis. I know primarily Sabonis wants to try and get his teammates involved over looking for himself. But when you're missing your other star, Domas, you have to shoot more than four times. Eight points. 
three of four shooting from the field, eight rebounds, five assists, four turnovers. The man shot four times in 30 minutes. That is unacceptable to me. I know he was frustrated. Everybody is frustrated. If you're frustrated and angry because you're getting your ass kicked for the second straight game, do something about it. I don't care if you went three of 18. I'd rather you go three of 18 and plummet your shooting percentage than walk away feeling like, oh, I shot 75% from the field while only putting up four shots while the rest of your team is getting beaten down. Like, that is unacceptable for me from DeMondis Sabonis. And on top of that, he got completely outplayed by Alperin Shangun. Completely outplayed. And there are people all over social media tonight saying, Shangun's already better than DeMondis Sabonis. Change my mind. Shangun's better than Sabonis. What the hell can I say to combat that at this point? Maybe Sabonis and Shangun were kind of equal on Saturday. Sabonis had some better numbers, but Shangun's team beat the living crap out of the Kings for the second straight night. Shangun's team beat the crap out of the Kings. Demonis Sabonis is supposed to be the all-star and the, and, the, and the main guy on the floor with De'Aaron Fox being out, and he shot the ball four freaking times. Shangun, 17 points, eight rebounds, 12 assists, which is a career high in assists for him. Shangun looked like DeMondis Sabonis. DeMondis Sabonis looked like a G-leaguer. Like, again, if you're going to chuck up a bunch of shots and just be missing because it's not your night, whatever. Like, it sucks. You have to do better, but whatever. Like, at least Keegan Murray over, over the last couple of games before tonight, Keegan Murray was shooting a lot of shots. He was just missing them. He's 1 of 15 from three-point range over the last two games, the Warriors game and the first Rockets game before tonight. At least he's putting up shots. He's missing them, and that's, that's bad, especially when the Kings need more from him. But I'd rather live with that than my best player going, taking four shots in a game where the Kings desperately need their offense to make up for the fact that De'Aaron Fox is out. Absolute, absolutely inexcusable performance and effort, truly, by DeMontis Sabonis tonight. But he's not the only one. We're going to talk about Davion Mitchell. We're going to talk about Harrison Barnes. I actually do have a few positive things to say, mainly about Kevin Herter and Keon Ellis. We'll get to those in just a second. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Sackyard Community Tap House, the first ever local sponsor here of the Locked on Kings podcast. And I said Saturday that I'm heading over to get a drink. I might be doing so again tonight because after these two games against the Houston Rockets, man, I, I need a spirit. I need something to pick me up. And what's great about Sackyard, they have just a wide variety of different beers for you to try on tap, plus great local wines for you to try. They have different food trucks that come every night, so you get a variety of food, plus they have amazing events out there on their, their outdoor patio stage, which is perfect for uh, all seasons, year-round. They have heaters out there and fire pits for the winter. During the summer, they have misters to keep you cool. They have lawn games for the kids, so you can bring your family and your pets as well. Great musical uh, acts, things like that. They're, they're directly uh, involved in the community. They help put on and support a lot of massive community events. You might see them out at Sac State football games a lot too. And now here they are, a partner of the Locked On Kings podcast, which means November 15th, I'm very excited, the first ever Locked On Kings live watch party. We will watch the Kings hopefully beat the Los Angeles Lakers on November 15th. Tip-off is, I believe, at 7 o'clock. I will be there Come by, you'll get 10% off of your drinks by just coming and watching the game with me. And really, anytime you go to Sack Yard over the course of whenever this season, make sure you mention the Locked on Kings podcast. You'll get 10% off your bill. Sack Yard Community Tap House is your home for Locked on Kings listeners. 
Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Game Time. This is now my number one ticket buying app, not just for sporting events. It's for concerts. It's for comedy shows. It's for theatrical performances. Whatever it is, Game Time has the best tickets and the best deals out there. Here's what you can expect. Last minute tickets with incredible flash deals and zone deals. It's easy for you to find different events and buy the tickets for those events. They have low price guarantees, even cancellation protection, uh, job loss protection, etc. They are all about making sure that you can get to the event that you want to go to for the best price possible and as securely as possible. Game time is amazing. Also, if you're like me and you want to know exactly what your view is going to be from wherever you're going, especially if you're going to a show in a major stadium, right? Especially like with these major football stadium concerts that they're having right now. Let's say you're going to go buy tickets to go see Taylor Swift and you want to know, will I be able to see Taylor Swift from the nosebleeds or will she be the size of an ant? You can get the best photos of your seat that you're going to find anywhere. And it's not just, hey, your section or this kind of general view. It's no, this is what it's going to look like exactly from your spot. That's just one of the many perks that you can find on Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I need to calm the salt a little bit. So let's, let's start the second segment with a little bit of positive right before we go back into the, uh, the the doom and gloom of pain and suffering of another blowout loss to the Houston Rockets. Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray were all right. Kevin Herter had three three-pointers. It was like, oh, good to see Kevin knocking down some shots. He finished with 13 points to lead all starters in scoring. Shot five of 10 from the field. That's a welcome sight. Three of eight from three-point range. Three rebounds, two assists, one steal. Not, ex- not amazing, but I'm certainly not blaming him for what went wrong for the Sacramento Kings tonight. He hit more shots than he's been hitting before, and he's working himself through this funk, so at least that's one minor positive that I can pluck out of this game. And on top of that, too, he's continuing to play hard. Like, out of all of the starters and main bench guys, Kevin Herter was playing the hardest out of anybody, in my opinion, at least just from from watching. My eye test, I thought Kevin Herter was working really, really hard to try and work his way through things. Unfortunately, the rest of the team did not uh, match him with that. Keegan Murray... Got going kind of after the shooting struggles that he's had over these last couple of games. He had 12 points, 5 of 11 from the field, 2 of 6 from three-point range, 5 rebounds and 1 steal. Also, big shout-out to Keon Ellis, who led the Sacramento Kings in scoring tonight despite playing only 12 uh, 12 minutes, I think. Yeah, oh, 14 minutes, excuse me, 14 and a half minutes, went 5 of 7 from the field, 4 of 6 from three-point range, finished with uh, 15 points. You love to see that. You love to see someone making the most out of their opportunity when they get it. Keon Ellis is the reason why the Sacramento Kings at least got close to scoring 100 points tonight. So shout out Keon. He stayed ready. He stepped up. He played hard. And at that point, Mike Brown was just throwing things at the wall and looking for someone to stick. Well, Keon Ellis came in and said, look, I know this game is lost. I'm going to play like it's a tie game and there's two minutes to go. I was really impressed, really happy with what I saw from Keon Ellis tonight. All right, fun time over. Happy time over. Let's get to the crap again. Davion Mitchell. Five points, two of 11 from the field, two assists, zero rebounds, one block in 27 minutes. Tell me why, ain't nothing but a heartbreak. Tell me why I should believe that Davion Mitchell is capable of running the point for a primary unit. Tell me why I should believe Davion Mitchell is capable 
of consistently being on the floor to close out close games. Tell me why I should believe that Davion Mitchell is better for that backup point guard spot, secondary ball handler spot, more than Colby Jones. Why? In these opportunities, I know he had a pretty solid game against the Golden State Warriors in that 102-101 loss, and I gave him the props for that. He hasn't looked remotely like that since. I just don't know why anybody should believe, based off of what we're seeing from Davion and what we have seen from Davion now a little bit consistently over the course of his career, why should we believe that he's capable of being that guy for this Kings team? And I'm not trying to hate on Davion because I love Davion. I love what he brings on the defensive end. When he is going defensively, there is nobody that's more fun to watch on the defensive end in the league, in my opinion. But here's the thing. Two straight starts where Davion Mitchell hasn't played well, and defensively, we haven't seen any of that off night that he brings to the table. He looked slow. He looked like he wasn't willing to battle over the screens like he normally is. He and the Kings, period, were bad defensively, but he's supposed to be the leader. He's supposed to be the guy defensively that holds everybody accountable by example, or at least sets the tone. He hasn't done any of that over these two games. Any of that. Maybe that's a little unfair to put that all on one guy, but if you're supposed to be an elite defender, then damn it, defend. And he did not defend and has not defended over these past two games. And on top of that, why should any defense, any defense treat Davion Mitchell with any kind of respect? Why? They don't have to because Davion doesn't punish them. Now tonight, he did go one of five from three points, so I can't even I can't even turn that into a positive. Like two of eleven from the field, one of five from three point range. Like you're not attacking the basket, you're not creating penetration. Why in the world should any defense be concerned at all with what Davion Mitchell is doing on the floor on the offensive end? I'm not trying to bash on the guy because he's not going to be the only one I'm bashing. Obviously, I was hard on Sabonis and just wait till I get to Harrison Barnes, right? It's not all on him. And I still do have a lot of faith in Davion's ability to be an important piece of a successful Sacramento Kings team. But you're in year three now. If this is what you're supposed if this is going to be your role, a, a primary backup ball handler who's elite on the defensive end and offensively at least fits in, who can step into De'Aaron Fox's shoes at times when Fox needs a rest or Fox is injured. If you're going to be that guy, freaking show it. Because I'm not seeing any of that at this point. And then there's Harrison Barnes. It, I have defended Barnes from whether it was in Sacramento and from Sacramento fans or outside of Sacramento, from the people saying that, that, that Harrison Barnes is not a starting caliber three, that the Kings needed to upgrade that position. I defended that wholeheartedly all offseason long. I was very happy when the Sacramento Kings brought him back. And at this point, I look like I'm wrong. He played really well in game one. Very well against the Utah Jazz. It was great to see. I love seeing that, and I know he's capable of exploding like that. In the two games against the Warriors, he's disappeared and done nothing. He was decent in the win against the Los Angeles Lakers. These two games against the Houston Rockets, might as well not have been out there. Three points. One of six shooting from the field. 0-4 from three-point range. Here is the most inexcusable part. In 22 minutes, zero rebounds and one assist. Harrison, do something. What are you doing in 22 minutes, other than missing shots, 
Again, this is not just a whatever game where De'Aaron Fox and other players are out there making up for your absence. This is a game where the Kings need everybody to step up, and I get it was a rough night. And I get sometimes there are nights where the team as a whole just plays poorly. But these Harrison Barnes disappearing acts, especially in games where you just can't have it, where you need somebody to step up, and when things are reeling out of control, you turn to your veterans to help re, like, reignite you, get you out of it, carry you out of it, bring some leadership to the table. Where is Harrison Barnes tonight? The, the fact that for the second straight night, I can rip this starting five to shreds for the most part is very concerning. And if they suddenly figure out how to play great basketball just because De'Aaron Fox is, that, uh, is back, I guess that helps De'Aaron Fox's MVP or superstar conversation. But that does not help the Sacramento Kings being a great team, which is ultimately what they're trying to accomplish. Everybody needs to be better, but especially these primary guys. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning money line or $5 money line bet. That's important. Put $5 down. You only have to invest $5 of your own money, right? And pick the money line that is just the biggest uh, favorite that you could possibly find, even if the payout for that is terrible, right? Even if you bet $5 to win 50 cents, that doesn't matter. Just make sure you pick a smart bet that you know is going to win because it's not the 50 cents that you're worried about. It's 150 bonus bets that you get that you can then make more money and have fun betting on things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to join. I know the Sacramento Kings are bad right now. Hopefully, them returning home is going to wake them up a little bit. Plus, on Friday, they have their first ever NBA in-season tournament game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, at this point, the Kings have the 15th best odds of winning the tournament. But in their West Group C, they have the second worst odds of making it out of that group. So maybe those are two bets right there that you can have some fun on uh, and make some money. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season with America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I'm tired of talking. You're probably tired of hearing from me. Let's hear from Sacramento Kings head coach Mike Brown. Uh, Houston credit. They kicked our behind, uh, starting with me. And they kicked my behind and on down the line. Um, they came ready to play tonight and punched us in the mouth, and we didn't respond. And it was evident when you look at the game and you watch us defensively just how many times in the first half somebody on the weak side block ducked in front of our uh, defender and caught the ball at the charge line. I don't know if I've been part of any situation where we gave up four or five duck-ins to where the duck-in was at the charge line. Um, that's just the evidence of uh, them kicking us in our behind. And then the tough part about it, <clears throat> uh, our spirit got deflated and we didn't have anybody uh, out on the floor that could bring it back up. And so that, that also was, was tough to watch. Uh, when we, when, you know, when Keon came in the game, just his activity, his confidence, you know, you could feel it. Uh, it was at a level that we weren't at tonight. Now look, I'm not even gonna pretend that I know what it takes 
to be an NBA head coach. I know that managing egos, managing personalities, maintaining a good relationship with your locker room is instrumental in the success of the modern NBA head coach. Doesn't mean I know how to do it. And in fact, I'd probably be very bad at it. Mike Brown obviously has the respect of the Sacramento Kings locker room. So I'm not going to say, or I'm not going to pretend to know what he could do to keep the locker room or what he could do to lose the locker room. I just know that there better be, I don't know if it's screaming and yelling. I don't know if it's like when your mom is disappointed at you and, and, and it's almost easier if they yell at you, but instead they're just kind of quiet and give you the cold shoulder. Maybe that's what, like, I don't know what Mike Brown and his coaching staff are doing to wake this team the hell up. Maybe he's putting it in the hands of the players and saying, y'all figure it out. Like, we can't fix this problem for you. I don't know. But Mike and this team need to come up with a solution quickly. Again, it's crazy that the Kings are still off to a better start this year than they were last year. It's hard to, hard to believe that. But yes, there's plenty of time for things to turn around. And hopefully that turnaround starts with them getting back home, getting back into the Golden 1 Center, and winning a game on Wednesday against the Portland Trailblazers. No idea if De'Aaron Fox is going to be playing or not. I hope he is. I hope he's ready to go because the Kings look desperate for him at this point in time. And then I'll just say this, like, and I think I said it earlier. If the Kings continue to play the way that they've played over these last couple of games, Sacramento Kings fans are going to let them hear it. Because here's the thing. Kings fans, we've been through it, right? We went through those 16 plus seasons. We never want to go through anything like that again. We deserve, we deserve more than a one-year fun flash in the pan type season, right? Expectations for the Kings from their friends are high and rightfully so, and they should be, right? So Kings fans, you let them hear it if they're not performing up to your expectations. We'll see how they perform. I, of course, will be at the Golden One Center on Wednesday before Kings versus Blazers. Uh, and, and for that game, I'll do a post-game podcast from the Golden One Center after that game. Hopefully it's a little more chippy and jovial because I'm tired of these negative podcasts. I got used to being positive and happy after wins last season, and here we are back in, in, in humble town. Maybe I needed to be humbled. I don't know. Some people sure think so, but whatever. Tough loss, 122-97. to 97. I'm going to try and go to bed and forget that this happened. Hopefully the Kings can forget that this happened. Two and four on the season now. It's not the end of the world. They got work to do. We'll see if they can do it. Appreciate your support. If you want to leave your thoughts on this game, please do so. Enough of me. Let's hear from you. At MadGeorgeSack on Twitter. Email me, MadGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. And uh, let's regroup and get ready for Wednesday. Appreciate your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.